there, and welcome to the Transparently Jordan podcast, where I'll be talking with a new guest each week, and we'll be covering topics in health, fitness, lifestyle, and so much more. So stick around, and let's get into today's episode. But basically what it is, is like an F you to the man kind of fund. Um, meaning that if you have enough saved to pay your bills for three to six months, if you really hate your job, if your boss is being a total jerk or you've been looked over again for the promotion or the raise and you're just sick of it and you're done, you can walk out the door knowing that you can still cover your rent, groceries, gas, What is going on everyone and welcome to another episode. Now this is going to be a very very short intro. I am in the middle of moving right now. I have finished uni. There is just so much going on so there will be a new solo episode coming out in the coming weeks with an update as well as just a little bit of I guess my own experience um, the last two years. So that is to come but let's get right into today's episode now today we are talking with katherine lee who has already been on the episode she is the very first person that has come back for a part two which is super exciting and today we just chat about various other things that we weren't able to chat about during the last episode so i am super excited for you all to hear this and let's get into it Alrighty, welcome back, Catherine. I was just actually thinking that you're probably the first person that has come back for a part two. So welcome back to the podcast. Oh, wow. What an honor. Well, it's so nice to be welcomed back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. Well, I think we were just talking about how there's so much that we could talk about. And after last episode, we did have a plan of meeting a little bit earlier in the year, but I just totally like... I think this past year I posted like four podcast episodes. That's about it. I haven't been like, I've been so crazy busy. I haven't even thought of uh, doing this. Hey, that's all good. We can just make it into like an annual segment or something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because it was probably this time last year that we made the episode as well. I think it was because you were talking about how things are opening up um, in Adelaide and Mm. how you might be able to have a Christmas party or was it Halloween? I don't remember. Yeah, probably. It was during the holiday season. So exactly an annual thing. Awesome. (laughs) Welcome back and thank you for coming back. But again, today I wanted to talk about similar to last time, but um, your expertise and talking about money, talking about saving, um, going into side hustles and things like that. Cause those were things that I don't think we got to get into last session. And I think they're Mm -hmm. super interesting topics and there's so much that I'm sure you can, um, bring on to this episode. So maybe if you don't mind, one thing that I have always been curious about is things that young people, let's say in their late twenties, um, early thirties, um, things that people financially should be starting to think about, um, is there anything for that age or even earlier? Like, is there anything that young twenties need to start thinking about? Because I, now that I'm finishing my master's, I'm starting to think about my finances. Whereas five years ago, even I had like, I don't even think I saved at all. So what (laughs) should people be thinking about? 
Yeah, no, these are really, really good questions. And I think the sooner we ask these questions, the better it is for us. Um, Some of the things that I wish I had known sooner, and I kind of tried to come up with a short list for you here. of What are some quick wins we can get for your listeners out there who are like, okay, what are some things I can do to just feel more in control and to feel less like I know nothing what I'm doing with my finances? Yeah, yeah. Um, So like one of the first things, especially like, you know, now that we finished school and we have our big boy, big girl jobs, you know, and we're making real bank now is just to familiarize ourselves with our money and our spending habits. And what does that look like practically? It's actually reviewing your bank statements or nowadays we have all of our banking on our phones and on applications that we can access on our desktop or phone very easily. And it's just about being in touch with that, seeing the money that comes in, actually being aware of the money that looks um, that comes out of it and looking at it. Uh, I know this sounds so basic, but tons of us, especially if you grew up in an immigrant household like myself, um, we were taught to have like this scarcity mindset around money. And we're almost afraid to look at our bank accounts or we don't understand what all the words mean. And so we kind of ignore it or we kind of discard it, put it aside and there's enough money to pay the bill. So I don't really need to look at it, but that would be step one. I would think is just looking at it embodying it, um, seeing if you can find any patterns in that. And if you do have a budget in mind, and I'm putting air quotations around that is just is so that you can kind of see on average, I spend this much on eating out each month and this much on groceries, this much on gas. Um, I would really like to bring those numbers down because I want to go on vacation in the summertime. And I would like to allocate some of those funds towards a trip instead. And a lot of these apps these days too have built-in functions where we can set saving goals and put money towards those goals instead. And then there's less money for us to spend on other things impulsively um, as we tend to do when we're feeling stressed or anxious or nervous, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that would be my first thing. Uh, I have a couple more, but I don't know any thoughts on that first one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Like, I really like the allocating funds because I think, you know, someone like me first, let's say I am very, I don't look at my bank statement just because, and I think it's also to do with stress. You know, if you look at mm-hmm. it, I feel like in the past, right. I'm like, oh my God, what, like, what have I been spending my money on? If I don't look at it, then it's just kind of like, eh, it's it doesn't fine. exist. It, if it I don't doesn't look exist. At it, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> so for me, I mean, this past, I guess, two years being here in Australia and being on a budget, being right. on, um, you know, a little bit of a stricter budget than I've ever been. Um, I have been looking on my bank statements and I have been looking at kind of the things that I've been spending on and, you know, things that have you been learning about yourself? Well, like one thing that I know that I spend quite frequently on is I probably have about three or four coffees a week and I go out and I have here in Australia, coffees are a lot different than Canada. So, you know, I would argue probably better, right? It is a lot better, but also a lot more expensive. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like you, we don't have Starbucks here. You can't go to a coffee stop and get like a $3 or $2 coffee. That's non-existent. They're like four or $5 here. Um, yeah. Me being vegan, I need to get, you know, soy milk or almond milk or something like that. Right. And they charge here for that too. So I'm spending maybe five, $6 on a coffee and three, four times a week that adds up. So, you know, things like that, I feel like 
I allocate my funds to because I know I need my coffee. I think that's a good treat to myself. But then to other things, you know, I might say, no, actually, I don't need to be spending this much on entertainment this month, let's say, because do I really need to see four movies in this month? I mean, I'm not a big movie person. Sometimes you just see the movies because I'm bored. I'm like, well, I could be spending my money on something else. So I really Mm. like the allocating funds. Nice. Yeah. And like, I don't know in Australia, like what kind of accounts they have, if you can make multiple savings accounts at your bank, but Mm. that's something that I definitely take advantage of with um, our personal savings accounts. You can open up multiple, usually for free, if they're charging Mm -hmm. you to open up multiple savings account, find another bank, um, to be honest. Right. And, and yeah, name them and start putting funds to it, have a coffee fund. Cause Mm -hmm. I think that the hardest thing with budgeting is that it feels restrictive and it's not fun. And so I actually always encourage, like I mentioned in the first episode, if you want to go back and listen (laughs) to that one, I did talk about really identifying specific saving goals and having things like a treat yourself fund because you want to enjoy your life too. You're working so hard. You're making this money. If you just put it all towards debt and investing, you actually can't extract value of life now when you are young and healthy, you have mobility, you don't have children, like you can go travel around the world. That's when you should be doing these things because guess what? When we're 65, 85, like we might have all the time in the world and all the money, but we don't have the health that we do Mm -hmm. in our twenties. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) So, So like, that's something that I would want to let young adults know. And for your listeners to know too, that yes, it's important to like, look at your finances, be mindful of your spending and save and invest, but don't let that take away all the joy in your life. There's that funny like TikTok audio that's like, did you know there's a like 85% chance that if you stop drinking coffee, you'll take away all the joy in your life. Like I believe that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I might have butchered it, but I laughed so hard. But I agree it's absolutely true, right? If that Starbucks or if that handcrafted coffee in Adelaide is what you need to um get through the day, like don't deprive yourself. It's $5 in the grand scheme of things. That's not going to deter your retirement plan, right? Mm-hmm. That's a drop in the bucket. So it's about balance, right? Just like yeah. everything else in life. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a big believer in that. I don't think, you know, I think we only live once and, you know, that to an extent, I'm not going to go out and spend thousands of dollars every week, but I think you have to do the little things that make you happy. And I'm a big believer in that. I don't think I need to be the type of person that needs to save every single penny every single week. And, you know, I do have a coffee machine at home and I make my coffees weekly, but every now and then I feel like it's good to go out and get a professionally made coffee, you know, like something that is a little bit different. So um, yeah, I'm a big believer that just make doing the little things that, you know, make you happy is very important. I know. I agree completely. Like for me, I think of the coffee when I'm going, if I'm going to go out and buy it, I want to find like the cutest coffee shop and Mm -hmm. I want to bring my favorite book there. And I want to soak up the ambiance because it's not just a $5 cup of Joe. It's also Mm -hmm. like taking in the atmosphere, the service, the people that are there, um, exploring a new neighborhood or a new part of town. Like 
that's your, it's banking experience points, which I think is also just as important as how fat your investment account is. If you have lots of money sitting in the bank and you have zero life experience, then what's the point of all that money, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's, that's something to always keep in mind as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Some of the other things that I had written down, um, especially for young adults who are kind of hitting new milestones in life, something worth checking out is your credit score. Mm. If you're someone who's looking to finance a new vehicle or purchase a home, it is worth getting to know and understanding how credit scores work and understanding how you can kind of gamify it to work to your benefit prior to trying to acquire a loan. Um, Because believe it or not, it's, it's kind of dumb how you can like jack your credit score up or dock it down really quickly. Um, But if you're needing to buy a car or house, it is something that you have to be mindful of. And, and there are lots of great credit hackers out there that um, can show you what you can do to increase your score or uh, what to do to get the numbers back up if it's been hit recently, but for whatever reason. Mm. Um, So lots of resources on YouTube, Google it. I'm sure there's tons of other Instagram accounts that probably do that too, but um, that's something that I would think about just because I think young adults are often trying to plan like next steps in life, right? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I I had no even clue about about that. I mean, I know what a credit score is, but I didn't even know to think about that. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's just cause, um, we moved into a new house since we last mm-hmm. talked and we moved oh, wow, in January. Okay. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So it's not just the wallpaper. I think. Yeah. It's actually my actual home the house. Now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's kind of when I got into it more and learning more about credit scores and, um, realizing like how fickle they actually are. And I'm like, right. this feels like a video game. Like this yeah. isn't real, is it? Yeah. Um, simple things like if you cancel a credit card or apply for a new credit card, guess what? Both of those events lower your credit score. Oh. And so I'm just like, what the heck? Why? Yeah. And, and like just learning these little things before you get into that stage of like wanting to get excited about buying a house. And then you find out you can't qualify for the mortgage is heart wrenching and heartbreaking. Mm, So the sooner you can learn about it before you have your heart set on a place or on a car, um, it's good to know what you're qualified for, for a loan before, before the heartbreak happens. Right. Right. Okay. That's a very good Mm -hmm. point. Thanks for Mm -hmm. mentioning that. Um, okay, I have two more and then I'll yes, we can move yes. on to the next I'm thing. excited. Um, the, the third one is to save an emergency fund. I think I talked about this last time, but Mm. there's a new term for it that Mm. I've been seeing floating around that I kind of love. Um, last time I was seeing how it's important to have three to six months of your living expenses saved in a high interest savings account. Okay. That's in case you lose your job, you move to a different place, or you get injured and you can't work for Mm -hmm. three to six months, you Mm -hmm. have enough in your um, savings account to pay the bills, right? Right. Now there's a new term that's coming around for this. And it kind of lends into what we're going to talk about later in the episode. Uh Um, there, it's called like an FU fund. Oh, <laughs> I don't okay. know if this is a censored podcast, no, but, but, no. but, <laughs> but basically what it is, it's like an FU to the man kind of fund. Right. Um, meaning that if you have enough save to pay your bills for three to six months, if you really hate your job, if your boss is being a total jerk, or you've been looked over again for the promotion or the raise, and you're just sick of it and you're done, 
you can walk out the door knowing that you can still cover your rent, groceries, gas, dining out, your lattes for three to six months. And you have three to six months to job hunt, rewrite your resume, go on interviews, side hustle up the wazoo, whatever it is, and leave because you're no longer reliant on that paycheck. And you can actually like throw a middle finger up to the man and say, you know, I don't need this anymore. I deserve to be treated better. And walk out the door. Like, yeah. how empowering is that? Oh, so I know. That's what I some really people like have been that. calling yeah. it. Mm-hmm. They've been calling it my FU funds. Like, I'm saving for my FU fund because I'm really not liking the toxic work culture. And once, like, the final straw breaks the camel's back, they're just like, F it. I can F walk it, out yeah. that door and I don't need to look back. Yeah. And I'm just like, imagine just sitting on that cash, you know, mm-hmm. and you know you can just walk out anytime. And I feel like that's a very good point because I was talking about this with a few of my friends the other day. And I feel like our generation, you know, being the millennials and even the younger generations are in that boat now where we're not 100% like we don't care any sense that if we are in a job or if we're in a situation that we're not 100% happy with, we're totally okay with quitting and going to find the next thing. You know, I'm, I'm in that boat, you know finishing my master's looking for physiotherapy jobs. I'm like, if I signed a contract, but I'm not totally happy in three months, I'm totally happy with quitting and finding something else. So having that FU fund, you know, in that time that you're finding something would be very smart opposed to just quitting altogether. But um, Yeah. yeah, I think that's a very, very important point. And I really love that FU fund because it like yeah. again we're just that generation that i think is in that fu mindset so yeah yeah i like, i think if we all had that it's a sense of security right mm-hmm. it's knowing that you aren't waiting for the next paycheck to cover this month's rent or next month's rent and you can walk out the door you'll still have the same place to live the same food that you eat mm-hmm. you get to hang out with your friends as you normally do and now you have breathing space freedom yeah. to be creative and to figure out what your next steps are. What you're really buying yourself is time with that money. Right. Mm -hmm. And hopefully less stress and anxiety and like just an opportunity to heal, get better. Like someone who's just complete their master's like on a totally different, in a totally different country across the world. Like you might want some time to breathe Mm -hmm. and figure it out. Right. Instead of having to figure out a next job right away. So it's, it's really cool when I heard people starting to call it their FU fund. And then a lot of people were quitting their jobs and either starting their own business or starting with another competitor that offered better benefits and better pay. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Mm -hmm. You got to do what's best for you at the end of the day. Right. And Mm -hmm. honestly, like, I think you're right. Millennials, Gen Z, like we're so different from the boomers and the Gen X that are our current bosses that are running different ships. And the mindset is shifting, right? Like Mm -hmm. things are changing. It's not about, you know, stay like come early, stay late, don't ask for much, um, Mm -hmm. keep your head down, work hard, and then you can have a pension. They don't even offer nice pensions to us anymore. So why are we being so loyal for what, you know? Yeah. And so I'm just like, I don't know. I think it's worth it for us to yeah, work hard, understand that our money is working for us and mm-hmm. protect ourselves. Um, and then 
don't settle for less really yeah. is like find a work um, culture that you actually like or start your own, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, I it's love that. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Now what I want to like dig a little bit deeper in, and I know we kind of went over a few of these things in the last episode and that's saving tips. So if you guys want to go back and listen to the last episode, Catherine went into so many great saving tips there, um, interest-free funds and looking at the different bank accounts and things like that. But I want to know a little bit more on how people can save in a smart way. You know, I think we all hear of the ways and, you know, I grew up learning of the whole you get a paycheck, you put a certain amount in your savings, you put a certain amount in your checkings that you can have fun with, you know, like the percentages, but there's yeah. got to be different ways, you know what I mean, instead of doing the whole 6040 or 3070 or whatever, you know what I mean, like, I just think yeah. that's, that's old and maybe dated and who knows, there might be better ways out there. So is there a better way? Or do you recommend doing the whole, you know, percentage thing? Um, I think percentage thing work <laughs> that only works for people who are really into numbers and actually mm. have a grasp of their current financial situation, which newsflash, not many 20 something yeah. year olds do <laughs> like, we don't know what percentage of our paycheck we spend on dining out or groceries or Netflix yeah. or Spotify. Like we, we just pay those bills. And if mm -hmm. there's enough money left over, then we go shopping or we go mm -hmm. eat out. And maybe some of us put it into our investment accounts, right? Like, yeah. but it's, it's such a wide um, variety that people do. I think more practically, I always, again, go back to having goals-based savings, right? Mm -hmm. And so have a target that is actually defined. Like say I want to go on a trip to Mexico, all-inclusive resort, girls trip with my friends. And yeah. let's say um, I can book something for like $1,200, right? Right. If I know I want to go by next year, because it's kind of cold in Edmonton here in Alberta, I don't want to be here in November next year, I'd rather be on a beach in Mexico, then I can set a goal today and say, okay, yeah. in one year, I want to go on this trip, I need $1,200, that is $1,000 a month. Oh, right. sorry, one hundred dollars a month. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Math. Math. Twelve. Twelve G's. I could probably go on a trip around the world. Then yeah, for I, that know, much. I know. I <laughs> know. Sorry, one hundred dollars a month, right? And so that very tangibly for me then is like, hey, I need to save one hundred per month in order to have enough to fund this trip right. next year, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, realistically, we're going to charge it to our credit cards mm -hmm. and I'm going to book the flight, book the hotel, maybe make some dinner reservations or something like that. Maybe there's yeah. a concert I want to go to. I can buy all those tickets on my card. But throughout the year, I can be saving $100 a month. So when I have to pay the bill, I yeah. have enough to pay yeah. it, right? right? So like, that's what I always say. It's I know you have goals, attach a number to it. And then how many months until that goal divide by that number of months, or if you get paid weekly or bi-weekly divided mm -hmm. by how often you get your paycheck, then right. you know exactly how much to save per paycheck mm -hmm. to hit a goal. And it's way more satisfying then. Cause now it's like very clear cut, you know, 
now I know I have $1,200. I can book that flight. I can book the all-inclusive and I know I have the cash for it. And it's guilt-free spending on the trip Mm -hmm. that I know I want to do. Um, And you're focused for that whole year too, because you know what you're working and hustling for. And so, yeah, that's, that's how we do it for for ourselves. Um, I know some people just like doing random saving. And so a lot of Instagram accounts, I don't know if you see this, but they'll say like, Hey, stop scrolling. If you see this, send $20 to your savings account. Right. Yeah. Um, or, Hey, the holidays are coming up, send a hundred dollars to a savings account. Right. Yeah. And so like some people like that. So there mm-hmm. are content creators you can follow. You can follow me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I, I do some of those reminders too. And different time of the year is coming up to be like, Hey, Halloween's coming up. Hey, Christmas is coming up. Here's a little checklist that you can use. Um, yeah. Some people like those reminders so you can mm-hmm. find people that will do that for you or if you're really nerdy like me you can put it in your own calendar and remind right. yourself to send money to your savings account it's, count, it's like right. you're paying yourself you know yeah <laughs> good feeling and I think yeah. it's a little bit like easier you know both goals and that I think because it's a smaller and more attainable way you know what I mean setting those mm-hmm. smaller like Thinking back to, let's say, $100 a month, let's say, I feel like that's pretty attainable and that's pretty achievable for most people. So if you if you just set a goal and you figure out, you know, each paycheck, how can I reach this goal and not have to maybe sacrifice, you know, everything, you know, maybe you maybe you need Mm -hmm. to stop or maybe you need to decrease you're shopping, you know, maybe you can only well, buy even if one we break that sweater. Down, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Like if we break it down, like most people get paid weekly or bi-weekly, mm-hmm. right? If we yeah. break down a hundred dollars, that's 50, $50 per paycheck. If you get paid twice a month. Yeah. I easily spend 50 bucks when I go for dinner and drinks mm-hmm. with my husband. Yeah. yeah. And that's like per person. So it's like, exactly. it's probably more like a hundred dollars for both of mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Um, also let's not talk about how inflation has been yeah. crazy this last year because of COVID. Yeah. It wouldn't have cost us much before, but it definitely mm-hmm. does now. Yes. And so I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, it's one night out that we don't eat that saves mm-hmm. so that we can go to Mexico. That's mm-hmm. a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Exactly. So that's why it's so good to tie it to your goals. Cause that will be your motivation and your reason why. Yeah. And as, as long as you, that's why I said in the last episode too, is like, very specifically name your savings accounts, add emojis, add pictures, add exclamation points, whatever it is that will inspire you to remind you like, Hey, this is your coffee fund. You love coffee. So put money in here so you can use it Mm guilt-free to buy the fanciest latte on the menu. Um, and you don't have to stress about it because you allocated the money for this experience. So don't worry about it and Mm -hmm. enjoy it. Right. Same thing for the Mexico trip idea. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I think, you know, having just little goals and fun ways for you to save to me, it sounds good. You know, to me, if I did things like that and hopefully in the the future, I will, um, I'll, I'll, I'll easily be able to save if I, you know, make things fun. And if I make things attainable, there's nothing like the feeling of, Oh, I need to like put, $500 every month in my saving account. And I can't, I have to say no to all of my friends and this and that, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing like that feeling exactly, but why it doesn't need to be like that. That's probably bad planning on my half. If I have to do that, you know what I mean? So um, Mm -hmm. another thing that 
I'm curious about is, you know, we're talking about saving for this big trip, but what about for people who just want to, you know, get more money or earn more money and go to their boss and be like, Hey, I want to raise, you know what I mean? Like how, how does one do that? Because I think that's a very daunting thing, you know, going to a boss and asking for money, renegotiating mm-hmm. your contract or whatever. So mm-hmm. how does somebody go about doing that or should they? Um, always. Yes, you should. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. you deserve it. Um, yeah. So always, yes, you should always negotiate for more salary and higher pay because, um, guess what? First of all, inflation, right? The power Mm -hmm. of the dollar that you're paid when you first got hired on is not the same dollar that you're taking home today. Um, a great time to do this because you're absolutely right. It's completely daunting to like stroll up to your boss's office. Not that we work in a physical office anymore. I think most of us are online, but like request a zoom call with your boss. So you can ask for a raise very daunting. So a great time to do this is during your evaluations, which tend to happen every six months or every year, depending on your company. That is a great time to come prepared to the meeting with facts and figures and then ask for a raise. Um, A great way of doing this, like there's a couple accounts that I follow that give really good advice. Um, I think one is like her first 100K and then the other one is like Danny... Danny's dollar, Danny with dollars or something like that. I'll try to find their handles and email them to you later. But um, they have really good negotiation tactics for us to use. So first thing is come up with an actual list of things that you've accomplished in the last year or six months, however long the term for the evaluation is Mm -hmm. with things that you've done to either increase the company's profits, streamline different workflows for them, things that you've helped your colleagues or your team with, and Mm -hmm. especially things that you've spearheaded or led on your own um, or implemented or like headed yourself, you want to really highlight those and show how it's a positive impact for the company and why you deserve either a pay raise or a title change, um, something like that, like whatever it is you can negotiate, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ask, always ask for more than you actually want because likelihood is, is they're going to give you a lower offer. Another pro tip is to ask what is your budget for promotions or pay increases for this quarter or for this period? Um, It's kind of the lingo. So you're not showing all of your cards and they often won't tell you either. They'll say like, well, what are you hoping for Jordan? Like Mm -hmm. how much of an increase do you want? You're like, well, I just want to understand what the budget is that we have. These are the things that I've done that I think deserve a pay raise. Um, Another great thing to do. Sorry. I'm like, I'm like totally floating everywhere. Yeah. But another great thing to bring to this meeting is an original copy of the job description of when you were hired, because you know how they have like bullet points of the duties and tasks you're supposed to do. And then beside it, you write all the duties and tasks you actually have been doing. And if like the original list was five points and now you're doing like 15 points, Mm -hmm. say like, hey, when you hired me for the rate of, you know, 20 bucks an hour, these were the five things I was supposed to do. I'm actually doing these 15 things and I've spearheaded this project and I've done this too. Mm -hmm. I've increased our profits for this last quarter by this much. Um, 
I either deserve a higher title because now I'm mm-hmm. outgrowing that old job description and I deserve a pay raise because yeah. I'm doing a lot more. Otherwise, I can go back to just doing those five things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a very good yeah. point. Yeah. Because we all do a lot more than I think that job description, you know, announces. Everybody kind of gets into a job and is like, I don't know. I think as you grow with the company, you do a lot more, you take on a lot more. So that's very, yeah. a very good point there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Honestly, like good employers should be bringing out the original job description in the first place during the eval, yeah. because what are they evaluating you against, right? Hopefully mm-hmm. it's what they hired you for. Yeah, um, exactly. And if they're not, red flag. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. All righty. Well, mm-hmm. thank you for those. Because yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's, again, very daunting thing that people, people always, I mean, everybody wants to raise, you know what I mean? And whether you deserve it or not, that's a whole different ball game. But, you know, yeah. for those who do deserve it and those who really feel that they deserve and want a raise, it's it could be daunting and not mm-hmm. knowing what you need to go into it with and yeah. when you should go is I think the hardest thing maybe yeah. is, you know, what time of the year is for me to get like ask for a raise and what do I need? Like, what do I need to present? Because mm-hmm. You can't just kind of go in blind, you know, you need to kind of prepare. Yeah. This season actually is a perfect time. So I don't know when you're releasing the episode, but um, this is the time of the year when people get their year end bonus, their holidays, their Christmas bonus. And that's also when they get the bonuses um, from corporate, right? To dole out. And guess who keeps most of that usually is those big wigs sitting at the top and you deserve a slice of that pie. So Mm if you are bold enough to not have to wait until the eval to bring it up, uh, mm-hmm. I think now is a good time too, to just say like, hey, boss, I just wanted to take some time before the year end to chat with you, um, go over my performance or however mm-hmm. you want to word it. Uh, that also shows you're being proactive, right? Yeah. And that shows that you're trying to get things done before the end of the year, before the holidays. I think they can appreciate those things too. Um, and I hope this perspective can also just help encourage those that normally get very anxious or nervous around evaluation Mm. time. Now you're kind of taking the reins, right? You're coming into the meeting with your own agenda, with your own motivations underneath, um, and you're ready to, I mean, clap back if they're trying to tell you you're not doing your job because you have a list of all the things that you've done, the overtime you've booked, the vacation time you didn't take, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you have facts and figures to bring to that. And I hope that helps to gain confidence too. Um, right. So then there's less less nerves going into the meeting. Right. Perfect. Okay. Now, another thing that I wanted to, and one of the last things that I want to talk about today and something that I'm so interested in is talking about side hustles. I think side hustles is even in this last two years with COVID is something that I think everybody has had time to work on a lot more with, you know, being home a lot more, having a lot more time on their hand. But it's also something that some people haven't started yet or are still kind of maybe struggling with. So side hustles, you know, side hustles being something like this podcast, for example, or people out there with a YouTube channel or um, whatever, you know, having a little finance business or yeah, or a vegan food blog, you know, I've done that in the past as well. Like all of those side hustles are things that people like to do because they have a passion about, but 
might not it's called a side hustle because you know it's it's on the side it's done on the side it doesn't pay your your bills and whatnot so how do you recommend people go going about side hustles um, financially, um, because it can be a very hard thing. You know what I mean? It can be a hard thing for people to work on this, spend hours and hours on this project, make very little. But, you know, as your, let's say, finances start growing through this side hustle, it could be a daunting thing for people to quit their nine to five job for the side hustle, you know? So Mm -hmm. what, what are your opinions on side hustles and how do you think people should go about them? Well, you know, it's funny that you're asking me this question because I was going to throw it back to you and be like, you're yeah. the side hustle king yeah. that I know. Yeah. Like your multiple Instagram accounts. I used to yeah. follow that vegan food blog as well. Yeah. And now joining you on this podcast. Um, but I think the the struggle, you're right, is about actually getting money out of these side hustles, mm-hmm. right? Monetizing it and finding yeah. a way to actually earn Ideally, what we'd want is passive income, but Mm -hmm. if you have to put in some work and eventually this will become your full-time gig, then you need to make sure it is either out earning what you're currently making, or at least making enough to sustain the lifestyle you want, right? right? And once you're able to have your side hustle income, either match or exceed what you're currently making, that's when I think you can comfortably leave your nine to five and go fully into your side hustle. Cause now, you know, there's the financial stability, mm-hmm. but I think the biggest hurdle and struggle is how do you get to that financial stability? Right. right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think what is really hard for a lot of us when we're starting out on side hustles is we're working so hard to pump out content and we're spending tons of time to make content, create it, post it. And we're looking at the insights and the numbers, trying to make sense of it all, but we don't have a single penny in our bank account from all the work that we're doing. And so how do we do that? And if you have been dabbling in the side hustle industry or trying to start a YouTube channel or a podcast and you watch some videos or read some books on it, they will all tell you the same thing. The money is not in like the Google AdSense or all that. It's about getting those big contracts, getting ad sponsorship, Mm -hmm. doing partnerships with either big brands or other companies that will pay you for your time and making your podcast, writing that article, posting that blog or that Instagram or that Facebook post. People who pay you and compensate you for that, that's what you need, right? Mm -hmm. Some other creators who do um, more like of the abstract arts where they're just like, I don't have like a book I can sell, but I make short films or I make, um, I I play music. Then they have like a Patreon account where people can Mm -hmm. subscribe to them. And basically people who like your work, your fans pay Mm -hmm. you a monthly subscription. So then you can have income to focus on your craft, Right. right? But that takes time too. So like, you do have to build content and get enough subscribers or people purchasing your product until it's making enough on average each month that it will pay your rent. It'll pay for your food. It'll pay for your coffees. It'll pay for your vacations. Then you can quit your nine to five because now, you know, I have a solid base of um, followers, fans, clients, if you will, um, who are helping to fund my talent, my skill, the thing that I bring into the world, and now I can comfortably leave. So 
that's kind of like a very big broad picture um but I think the hardest thing is like finding the things to sell, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think like you mentioned so many great points and there's a few key ones that, you know, one thing is that time, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, you know, very, 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 very few people, you know, make it overnight on, you know, a podcast or any side hustle that is, you know, so taking the time to kind of build this and find the product and, make it something that you're happy with. Um, Because at the end of the day, if you're not happy with it, and if you're just pumping out content to pump out content, then I think people can see through that. You know what I mean? So I think you got to take the time to build a solid product. Um, And another point that I really liked is the money is not in the Google ads and all of that. It's the big you know, sponsorships and things like that. When I did my vegan vans blog in the past, yes, I had Google ads on um, my website, but that was, I did not make anything from that. It was from, you know, all the partnerships that I worked with. It was from Mm -hmm. me posting an Instagram post about this company or this and that, you know, it was from those brand deals that I partnered with. It wasn't from the little things that people, I think everybody can attach to the yeah. website and, you know, for you to make, I think a big earning on Google ads is you have to have a lot, a lot and lots of traffic, traffic which most clicks. people do yeah. not have, you know what I mean? So it's, it's gonna like, again, it's just like anything. It takes time for you to build, you know, these relationships mm-hmm. with these brands, all of the brands that yeah. I built the relationships were small, like Vancouver based companies. And it took time Mm -hmm. for you to build relationship with these people. So um, that's another great point that I that I really liked um, you mentioning, because, again, I think people just really, really, really want to bring the side hustle, you know, and quit their nine to five. Um, But it can't always, you know, you can't always do that right away. You need to, again, be making what you were making before or adjust your what you're how you're living if if you're not making that same mm-hmm. and like I think it's the trap that so many of us fall into when we're trying to start a side hustle is like I got to get my branding I got to get my website built up mm-hmm. I got to do a brand photo shoot and it's it's honestly kind of um, hilarious when you think yeah. back to it you're like you're sinking money into building yeah. a website and getting these photos done you don't even have a product yet you have zero followers or like mm-hmm. you have 30 followers it's like yeah. how you know maybe make some money before you start spending it yeah. and provide some value to your audience let them know what your thing is for example my thing is giving financial advice right mm-hmm. and like helping people with their budgets going from like I know absolutely nothing to I know when I'm going to retire and I get to live my life the way that I want without stress. Like that's, that's, that's what I provide for my clients. That's the value that I give. And so Mm -hmm. all the content I create is supposed to help nurture and foster that audience and build and pique curiosity so that they will book a meeting with me. And then I can help them with their financial plan and eventually get paid for helping them with their investments or their insurance or whatever it is that they need. Mm -hmm. But you have to have a goal, right? Just like we talked about earlier in this episode, Mm -hmm. you have to understand 
why you're taking that picture and why you're posting it with that caption and with those hashtags, what, what are you trying to do ultimately? Mm -hmm. And how does this serve that goal? And really at the end of the day, we all want to get paid, right? So like, is this going to help me get paid? Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. And so like, I think having all of those things in mind so that you don't stress about having the right brand color palette and like getting my website just perfect. Like those things you can figure out later. First, Mm -hmm. you have to figure out what's the thing that you're good at and Mm -hmm. that you're passionate about and that you can sell the shit out of, you know, like exactly. Yeah. And so like some of the ideas I had, I like what you said about your um, blog writers. Like there's tons of us out here, college students, master's Mm -hmm. students that have written tons of papers in our lives. And maybe there's some stuff that we could even reuse that we can edit and embellish or update or whatever and submit to various blogs because there are tons of blogs that do well, but they need to post content and they Mm -hmm. hire writers to actually write articles for them. You could probably sell some of your vegan van recipes Mm -hmm. and articles that you wrote to other blogs and accounts that need content Mm -hmm. and you can get paid for that. And you can even get paid royalties later or whatever, depending on the type of piece that you're doing. Um, Cooks, they can sell recipes. They can put an ebook together, make it really easy, put an ebook together, Mm -hmm. sell that ebook. That can be evergreen passive income. And what that means is just like an evergreen product is something that doesn't age, right? You can use forever. That Mm -hmm. chickpea curry recipe that's good yeah. now and it will be it's good later. Good forever. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like you sell that for 20 bucks a pop, right? And mm-hmm. it's got 20 recipes in it. That's a lot of value. Mm-hmm. And if you could be 80 on a rocking chair and someone's like, oh, look at this recipe book. It's only 20 yeah. bucks for 20 recipes. You could still be collecting money mm-hmm. later on in life. So yeah. that's what I mean. Like there's so many creative ways for us to just capitalize on the skills and passions and things that we're good at already naturally and put it in an ebook, put it in a post, write it in a blog um, and get paid for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I I really like that. It's getting creative and having that passion. Again, like, you know, these side hustles, most people start a side hustle is because they have a passion in that. And if you don't, yeah. if you're just going into something for the money, I think that's the first mistake in the beginning is, you know, if you're like, okay, well, what are ways that I can make lots of money? You know, like yeah. you don't have that passion in the beginning and you don't have that passion plus creativity. Um it's not going to go anywhere. So I think you have to have both of them. Um, Mm -hmm. Having creativity is very important, I think, but also having the passion in that project is very important. Um, So yeah, I really like that point for sure. Yeah. There's um, one specific side hustle that I was looking up um, when Mm. you asked me to look into them that honestly, like is so genius to me and I, it makes me giggle, but it's also like, why didn't I think of this? Right. Did you know there are some people obviously like they're animal lovers. Mm -hmm. Um, so they do pet sitting, uh, and house sitting as a combo. And there are some people that do specific house sitting that they only house sit and pet sit for bougie neighborhoods. And some of them do it in like specific places that they would want to travel or vacation to. So get this, they're basically essentially getting paid to go on vacation and to be surrounded by pets, which they love and they'll take care of and like water the plants and whatever, like maintain the property. But 
Like imagine how many rich people are out there with these super fancy homes with these very like fancy pets and plants yeah. <laughs> and things, and they need someone to care for their home and they'll pay you good money for it. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's such a smart side hustle. Oh my God. And some people okay. do that. I'm going to send this clip when this episode goes live to one of my best friends here in Australia, because she does that. She is a pet sitter and she travels like just here in SA. She like goes to different houses and like pet slash like house sits and like, and some of the houses that like she takes pictures of our like beachside like right. beautiful properties and I'm like oh my god like that is genius you know she's just making money for walking a dog or like feeding a dog yeah. every morning and but then living in like this humongous guest room <laughs> like yeah. it's amazing I I know like they're honestly like side hustle culture is real there's um a podcast and also an uh instagram account i follow is like yo kiro de niro um janice she talks about side hustles like crazy her um she actually out like out earned her and outpaced her earnings from her nine to five earlier this year and quit and left her nine to five to pursue the side hustles all um like all in for 2021 mm-hmm. she has a food blog she has mm-hmm. her podcast she has her instagram account and i think she has like probably a million other things too yeah but she is like earning six figures okay wow. okay in all these side hustles and there are other side hustlers out there like delian the money coach who's making like um and like her first 100k they're having six figure months yeah. so their side hustles have grown so big that they're making over a hundred thousand in one month, month in sales. Yeah. And so I'm just like, there is money oh, out there. Yeah. There's people that want to buy whatever it is that you're willing to sell. Yeah. And it's just about setting things up and doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and doing it in a smart way too. Right. So yes. yeah, I, I would recommend like people check out the, um, those accounts or those podcasts as well. Cause there's lots and lots of resources out there. Yeah. Perfect. All right. And Catherine, where can people find you? Um, again, this is in the last episode, but plug it in here and it'll be in the show notes below everybody. But where can people find you? Do you have Instagram, email, or whatever you want to post? Uh, posted away. Yeah, sure. Um, I was just going to say like for the listeners of this podcast, cause I really enjoy being on here. I am happy to offer like one free consultation meeting with me if they just want to learn more, dive into their finances and just get a one-time financial snapshot. I want to offer that to your listeners. Maybe we can come up with a code or something later. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. And then I'll give them access to my spreadsheet for budgeting and the net worth tracking tool as well. Um, Because I'm guessing if they're clicking on this episode, they want to get started on their financial journey or find ways to Mm -hmm. tweak it. Um, So for that, I'll I'll give you my email. It's just katherine.lay at canadalife.com. And then for Instagram, I'm chat with Kat Lay. Uh, So that's just uh, C-H-A-T-W-I-T-H-C-A-T-L-E. And that's me across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All of it is the same. So. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you again for this part two. Like I said in the beginning, you're like the first part two ever. So there was just so much to talk about. And I think like we covered it greatly and it was, or you covered it amazingly. um, And it was, yeah, so informative and awesome. So thank you for coming back for a second round.
Yeah, thanks for having me, Jordan. It's always a pleasure. Alrighty, thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. And as always, please go ahead and leave the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the podcast and I appreciate it so much. And be sure to head into the show notes to find Catherine's links and take her up on her offer of getting that free consultation and chatting with her. Um, She is such an awesome person, such a knowledgeable person, and she'd love to help you so be sure to tell her that you got this link from the transparently joined podcast and send her an email see you all next week